are listening to the Backstage Pass podcast hosted by Hannah Trigwell and brought to you by Toman. Hello, Emily White. Hello, Hannah Trigwell. Is that how you say Yes. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself. I actually consider myself an entrepreneur at this point, first and foremost. But um, yeah, yeah, I've been in the music industry my entire adult life. Um, Did a million internships in college. Actually did one in London, in Camden at at MTV and VH1, which was awesome. I have a book out. My first book's called Interning 101. Um, I met a band called the Dresden Dolls when I was in college, started interning for them, doing merch, tour managing, um, worked at their management company after graduation, um, worked at a half a billion dollar division of Live Nation. After that, that fell apart, <laughs> started my first management company in 2008. Um, we managed uh, musicians, comedians and athletes. Uh, my longtime business partner left management a few years ago. So I partnered with a, p- a few protégés. Um, and founded Collective Entertainment. Uh, we cool. work in music and sports. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm the author of How to Build a Sustainable Music Career and Collect All Revenue Streams. And I'm also the founder of our I Voted concert initiative. So that's the shortest. I'm a swimmer, too. That's the shortest who I am. <laughs> and it was my whole plan and dream to um, really like live and work in the UK. I'm, I'm a huge, huge, oh, wow. yeah, huge Britpop fan. So my plan was actually to camp outside Marcus Russell's office, who's managed Oasis forever, um, until he would let me help with something. Um, nice. But instead, I got an internship uh, at MTV and VH1, which was great. And at that time in the US, I, I was I was working for an interning for the Dresden Dolls. So I had this very good problem of, um, oh my gosh, I got, the, I got my dream internship. And um, Amanda and Ryan from the band were so supportive. They're like, this is your dream. Go do this. When you come back, we're here. So um, oh, that's amazing. And it's also just a reminder too. it's like, I, I, I really want people to dream big and go after their goals. Mm. But anyone's life yeah. or path, it, I, I'm very happy with my path. And I don't work with Noel Gallagher. So well, I, the path seems to have gone pretty well. Did you think that you would be where you are now? Like no. when you started out? No, not at all. Um, I'm a kid from like Leeds is way bigger than where I'm from. I'm from the middle of the country. Really? Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm from a village in Wisconsin, which is like north of Chicago. Um, okay. So I, I knew no one in the music industry when I started. I, I worked so hard. But honestly, my goals were a job where I could sleep in, listen to music all day and go to shows at night. So my career has definitely um, surpassed my wildest expectations. That's for sure. What's the best part of it all for you? You know, my answer to that is not always very exciting. Um, at this point, I love controlling my schedule. Um, I, mm. I can't help not create things. That's why I consider myself an entrepreneur first and foremost. But um, yeah. I mean, Noel dedicated Don't Look Back in Anger to me at a festival in Germany in 2005. So that was, pretty, <laughs> that was pretty cool too. Wow. That's cool. That's really cool. That would be like a, a real highlight for me, I think, if that had happened. <laughs> for sure. So you manage Julia Noons. That's how I found you, actually. Um, So I'm a big fan of Julia. You sent me this book, which is great. I've not finished it. Hands up. I admit that I've not finished it yet. But I am, I'm kind of like, I'm going to say 65% way through. And it's great. It's so, like, actionable. I think that a lot of music industry books can be filled with 
um, motivational stuff that's really good, but a lot, not a lot of actionable stuff. First, thank you for reading 60% of it and your kind words. Um, my parent, my, pa- <laughs> I am going to read the next 40%. I just haven't got around no, to it yet. Hear me out. My parents have not read the book, so you're good. Really? They, they said they've <laughs> seen me speak too many times and they know it. And also I'm like, you don't get to say you're bored during the pandemic anymore. And my mom reads a book a week yeah. also. So anyway, Ooh, I know, I know. <laughs> I'll work on that. Um, but I definitely did not set out to be an author. Um, interning 101 came about because I wrote what I called the intern manifesto for our management company, uh, because I felt that I was explaining a lot of basics over and over. And I just thought, well, if they have this like guide, this handbook, then maybe they can just read that and we can work together on higher level things. So I had two really wonderful, uh, New York university interns, um, when I put that together and I said, if I turn this into like a hundred page how-to book for you and your classmates, would this be helpful? And they were like, they literally turned around and were like, yes. So that's why I did that one. And um, the new, the how to build a sustainable music career and collect all revenue streams. um, I felt like I was explaining the same information to people over and over. Um, And I also felt that the information in the book is actually out there, but I've never seen it put in a cohesive order. Um, So I just felt like you shouldn't have to know me or have access to me to have access to this information. And then actually the um, second half of the title, and I don't mind sharing that part of that was inspired by Julia. Um, I started managing Julia a few years ago, um, along with another national act, international act we took on around the same time. And I kept finding money for them. And I just felt like if this is happening to artists that people have heard of, not to mention that the modern music industry really holds, as they should, really holds Julia up on a pedestal of like, this is a modern artist. This is how you should be. And I'm just like, if I'm finding, you know, money for her, sometimes up to five figures, then what about everyone else? It's true. I often talk to artists and bands who, even if they've just started out it does shock me how many people are not signed up to even just the basic royalty collection societies it's just crazy well I feel that those systems and and I'm not like dissing PROs here but um I feel that those systems were set up decades ago to confuse artists and songwriters so of course it's they're not the easiest to use exactly yeah especially (laughs) when it's just presented all over the place instead of just like, okay, like make your art, record your music, like, you know, go down. Instead, it's just like, this is what publishing is. This is what, you know, PR is. And you're just kind of grasping Mm -hmm. at nuggets of information and trying to put it together. In terms of like doing everything that you do with the book and the I Voted Festival and the management, what does your daily life look like in a work week? Yeah. Um, Right now it is all I voted all the time. So I'd love to share some information on that if that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm originally from the state of Wisconsin, like I mentioned. Um, The presidential election was decided in Wisconsin by 22,000 votes and change in 2016. Um, It was decided in Michigan next door by 10,000 votes and change. I had read that voter turnout was down in the city of Milwaukee, where I'm from. And um, I was like 22,000, let alone 10,000. I'm like, that's a, that's a, an arena. Um, why don't mm. we put together some sort of sick concert and tie in voting? And I realized if we took the concept national, um, we could have that much more impact. So that's what yeah. we did for our 2018 midterm elections. Um, we activated over 150 venues to let fans in on election night who show a selfie from outside of their polling place. 
Um, wow, that's cool. <laughs> thanks. Uh, all these national acts performed. Um, we got a ton of press and it was really just myself and an intern. Um, it was an idea that caught fire. Um, so now, obviously, um, we're in pandemic times and um, we're inviting artists to perform via webcast on election night. And fans can access the stream by RSVPing with a selfie uh, at home with their mail-in ballot or from outside of their polling place. If they're not 18 by November 3rd, uh, they can RSVP by sending us a video, letting us know what election they will be 18 for and why they're excited to vote. And if they're, if they're not an American citizen, um, they can RSVP anyway. Um, so instead of just getting like artists on our roster or people that we, artists that we hope people will like, um, we partnered yeah. with Chartmetric and we've literally been reaching out to the top streaming artists in and or from each state um, because that's what fans are actually wow, listening that's to. that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we're only through about four state data sets. Maybe we're in a five right now. And I think we've confirmed about 200 artists. Um, so this is projecting out to be the largest music festival of 2020, mm. um, all in support of voter turnout. So to answer your question... <laughs> My life right now is a little different than it is normally because um, we're yeah. building this thing and we're still not funded. I hope that changes. Being a woman and an entrepreneur is not always the most fun thing. Um, but we do have a 30-person volunteer team. Um, Warp Tour, uh, Tour founder Kevin Lyman just joined our board. Um, my best friend Laura Keating's on the team. Um, I have a phenomenal C COO and Melanie Shark. So um, yeah, we, I, I'm just so proud of what we've built and, um, we're just going to keep going. There's yeah. booking. We've got the booking team in place. Um, chart metrics publicist is helping out with PR. So I don't have to play wannabe publicist anymore. Um, I'm <laughs> test driving a lot of webcast platforms. Um, right. Obviously dealing with legal finance, fundraising, all that stuff. So I'm really the CEO of the whole thing, but I feel so freaking supported by this team. It's awesome. So lots of calls all that. Um, I would say in normal times, even pandemic times, um, I do try to keep my Mondays pretty clear so I can just kind of get organized and be creative. Um, I, same with Tuesdays, but I start doing calls Tuesday afternoons. In non-pandemic times, I, I live in New York City. I would do meetings usually on Wednesdays, maybe Thursdays. Um, my dream is to take Friday off and Fridays off and that never happens. So that, that's my normal workflow. Yeah, taking Fridays off. Actually, taking every weekend off would be amazing. I'm pretty good about that because I have to rest and I have to chill and I have to mm. turn off my brain. I mean, obviously, if something comes up for an artist or they're on tour in normal times, um, you know, of course, we'll deal with it. But um, yeah, I, I've gotten yeah. more balanced with age, which I recommend if you can. How have you, how have you done that? Did you just think, right, I need to change the way I'm doing this? It's that, and I, you know, this is one reason Julia and I work together so well. Um, it's that I will tell artists, like, I am a better manager if I'm not available 24-7, right? So you might think yeah. you want someone answering texts or emails at 2 a.m., but if they're not sleeping, they're going to be cranky. They're not going to be as sharp, right? So I'd rather just be, you know, I'd, I'd rather take care of myself and be as efficient as possible during the day. Um, and yeah, and, and I do think like the world is changing and being more open to, to mental and physical health and, and supporting that. So, um, I, I, I can't do it any other way. Um, yeah, I think a, a lot of artists 
experience burnout when they just think they have to be productive all the time, every day. Yeah. And I talk about in the book, in the marketing chapter, my recommendation, whether you love marketing, social media, email as an artist, or it's, you know, awful, um, set aside an hour of business day to do it. Because that way, if, if, if you don't like doing it, you're forcing yourself to do what you need to do. But if you're really obsessed and addicted to it, then you're cutting yourself off because, you know, social media is programmed to be addictive and you're an artist at the end of the day. So it's your, it's your job to be creative. You also need to be aware of what's going on. But um, I think it's important to set, for all of us to set limits. Tour management seems to be like very intense and you're in like the bubble of the tour and thing. But management of an artist seems to me to be a completely... It's a compl- it's a whole new beast, isn't it? I I previously, so I don't have a manager right now, but I previously had um, a management team and one of them was like specialist touring. One of them was the business guy and one of them was like a creative guy. And um, the business guy was just very openly said, I will never come on tour with you because I hate it. <laughs> I think it's I think it's like we would say in the UK it's like Marmite you either love or you hate the touring life for sure but I do think especially if you're turned off by touring as a business person um go out on the road for like a week or a weekend or whatever just so you can empathize with what that experience is like because um Mm. when I graduated college the Dresden Dolls uh the the day I graduated college, I didn't walk, I graduated, but I didn't walk in the ceremony because we are starting like a multi, multi-continent multi tour with Nine Inch Nails. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was probably my first bus tour and um, it was a big deal. And uh, yeah. yeah, so that first week, um, the Nine Inch Nails produ- English production manager was super intimidating and there's just a lot going on. <laughs> um, and I remember the Dresden Dolls had new business management, which is my point. And they were just like, where's your cash flow? Where's your spreadsheet? I'm like, I'm getting yelled at by this really tall Englishman right now. And it's the first, so you know what I mean? It's like, you don't want to be the business person in the office demanding spreadsheets if there's a flat tire or something. So even if Mm. you know, you don't want to be on the road, but you want to be in the music business, get out there. So you can, so you're not like, you know, booking a radio show for an artist at 7am if they were DJing till three, like maybe that seems obvious, but um, it's really important to understand what that feels like. Yeah. Do you miss it? The no. Torin? No. <laughs> um, I mean, it, that's, that's an interesting question because I thought those were the best years of my life. You know, like I got paid yeah, to travel yeah. the world. My best friend was our merch person. Um, and I, I've traveled a lot as a manager. And so I've enjoyed with the pandemic. I mean, I'm talking to you without shoes on right now. You know, like I, I'm, <laughs> I, I've, I'm the lie. Yeah, I've, I've done more travel than any human ever should. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, but I, you know, I, I love what we're building and what we're doing now. So um, I don't miss mm. it. And it, it's always there. And I, I even feel it like, Maybe it sounds silly, but it's like when Julia plays New York, you know, it's like, well, I'm at the venue in the afternoon and there's sound check and there's merch and there's fans and all this stuff. So you can always kind of pop into it, you know, in your own way. I've never been to New York. I've been to L.A., but I feel like that's probably a very different vibe, is it? So different. L.A., I said this to um, my friend Katrina, who lived in New York for a long time. I'm like, is it? No offense, L.A. I'm like, is it me or is L.A. like not a real city? And she's like, no, it's totally not. It's just a bunch of neighborhoods and suburbs next to each other. Um, So, yeah, come to New York City. I feel like we're our own country sometimes. It's so easy to get around. It's so fun. Everything is amazing. Like food, you know, culture, like 
So yeah, please come here when when all this is done. Yeah, I would love to. Are there loads of networking events that happen in New York? Loads. I imagine that it's like the epicenter of networking. So interesting you say that because I was just thinking about how, I mean, this has been such a nice break from that. I mean, I'm fortunate that I know a lot of people. And I was just thinking yesterday, I'm like, well, yeah, it's going to be awesome to see people again. But I'm a little nervous for post-vaccine where it's just like, there's like 10 invites a day and are people going to be offended if because you haven't seen them in a while? So, but yes, to answer your question, there's always a lot. And it's fun. You know, it's, it, it's a really great community here. Yeah. And I, you know, again, I've lived here a long time, but I run into people everywhere and I, people I know. And I think that's because, you know, I live in Williamsburg. There's a lot of venues here. Um, there's a lot of music companies and venues on like the Lower East Side, pretty much anything yeah. below 14th Street. So even though it's a massive city, um, you run into music people and friends all, all over all over the place, which is really fun. Like that didn't happen to me very often in London. Not that I knew as many people. But. Yeah, London's a funny, it's a funny one. There's so much going on all the time, but a lot of it's behind closed doors. Right. So just going back to when you were um, getting into artist management, is there anything that you would say to someone, like a, a key piece of advice that you would give someone who wants to go into artist management? What a great question. Um, well, I was really fortunate to work at a company um, that was really ahead of its time. So I worked at Madison House, and they have always built businesses around the artists and taken care of fans a very close second. And they've been doing that since the early 2000s. Now everybody kind of does that. Um, so that's mm. really important. I mean, that's just how I operate. You know, you've read my 60% of my new book, <laughs> more, yeah. than, more, more than yeah. my parents. But um, I think sometimes yeah. younger managers... and you know, this is part of it. You know, I think it's about like getting deals and stuff like that. And it's like, well, I don't, I, yeah. again, I, it's called how to build a sustainable music career, not how to sell your rights as quickly as possible and then hope that it works out. Um, mm. The other, th- there was something else I was going to say as far as young. Oh, um, oh, you don't have to know it all. You know, like on one, I've heard other managers say this really well, that, um, you know, a manager's job is to know a little bit about everything, but I have no shame and no problem in life if there's something I don't know, just being like, oh, I don't know that. Can you explain that to me? To me, that is way better than pretending you know something. So yeah, just don't mm. don't be insecure or don't worry if you don't know something. You've got Google, you've got a lot of resources, so you, you can figure it out. Yeah, plus if you're in a situation where you find that someone said something that you don't know, then you are obviously just in a room with someone who's got a completely different specialism yeah. to you. Exactly. It's kind, of, it's kind of a good situation if you can accept the fact that you don't know it. Yeah. If you, if you can't, then yeah, it's you're going to limit yourself, I guess. For the artists out there then, in terms of getting your ducks in a row, this is a massive question So, and and you have a book that answers it in a lot more detail but if you could give a summary of like what you think an artist needs to do before they release a single what would that be or anything right album single or anything yeah totally um well the first chapter is called get your art together and I thought that was kind of obvious but I had students at NYU and I teach in the Clive Davis Institute at Tisch School of the Arts I mean these students are phenomenally talented And Mm. I had students that were like, get your art together. I will never forget that. (laughs) So I think sometimes (laughs) we get ahead of ourselves, right? We're thinking about that single release or album release or whatever. And we're not. And and I meet too many, in my opinion, I meet too many artists that 
Um, sometimes they're making music that they think other people will like, or they think a label will like, or they think, you know, if you're writing like for pop stars or something, that's totally different. But, um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, first and foremost, like it has to be genuine. It has to be authentic. It has to come from your heart. It has to come from your soul, or I don't feel it'll connect with people. Um, and yeah. that could take years to get to that point and, and that's okay. Um, but then on the more kind of, uh, not that a not that that isn't practical, but kind of the more practical end, um, data collection, um, collect as many email addresses as possible, phone numbers, and understand where your fans are. Um, because, uh, you know, tech companies are the most valuable companies in the world. And that's because they have all of our data. So maybe it's not like the sexiest thing or whatever, but artists almost have to like look at, look at themselves as a tech company. And that's really the key to building a sustainable career because, you know, if you built, uh, you're probably you and your listeners, most of your listeners are probably too young for this, but it's like, if you built your career on Friendster <laughs> was the first social media network. And when I was in college, MySpace is a better example. Um, it may have felt, you know, like Facebook would never go away. And obviously they're having a lot of problems. So if you build your career yeah. on some other tech companies platform, they can control, you know, when you communicate with your fans. If you have mm -hmm. phone numbers, email addresses, and no locations. Um, and the location stuff, you can even know anonymously, right? Like through Spotify and social media insights. And then that can help drive your touring in non-pandemic times. Um, and even yeah. now, it's like if you have fans in Brazil or you have fans in Poland or whatever, see if you can do a song in Portuguese, right? And and put it, you know, and share <laughs> yeah. it with your fans. So um, yeah, that's the most in, so the, it's important. Like the art is super important. And then the the data collection is super important. I've been through a thing where I started out as a covers artist and and it was going very well and I did I put out a cover a week for uh 3 years maybe um and it and it was brilliant you know like my most viral covers got like 30 million views I've done a lot of acoustic covers stripped back songs and and I like making that stuff and there's obviously an audience for that stuff but there came a point where it wasn't fulfilling me. So I chose to do what would fulfill me, and that is to make stripped back music sometimes, but also pop music. So sometimes I have this internal debate where I'm like, I'm I'm doing what fulfills me, and that that is the most important thing to me. But also everything that I've ever heard or read about marketing is give your audience what they want <laughs> so I also have that in my brain as well because I'm like I know what they want but I don't necessarily want to give them that <laughs> yeah what would you say to that I think that staying true to yourself is really important I think Julia mm -hmm. is a pretty good model for what you're describing because she's definitely had you know you know done a lot of covers and things like that that are, are really beloved by fans but I don't yeah I don't think careers work unless you stay true to yourself at the same time there's nothing wrong with splicing in a cover here or there right like that's part of your true. roots and yeah that's there's nothing bad or weird it's I think all, that's, that's all the good. thing if you yeah like it, it I think it became like a because I knew I had to do it yeah I think I, I get this thing in my head if I know that I have to do something repeatedly and this is probably why I work for myself um 
then it becomes a bit of a chore. Yeah. Whereas like now when I go back and play a song, like a cover on acoustic guitar, I enjoy it so much because I don't have to do it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? Yeah. Listen to your heart and maybe put in, listen to your brain a little bit, like I said, and just sneak in some (laughs) covers here and there. But every time I've listened to my brain, it's been wrong. You know, and what I mean yeah, by that is same. like, it's the, the way to say it is listen to your intuition, right? So whatever your yeah. your intuition is telling you is, is the way to go. But like I said, there's nothing wrong with doing covers here and there, but it doesn't have to be once a week either. I should just do it how I want to do it. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And people will connect with that. Speaking about connecting with songs, what is your track of the week? <laughs> I have discovered this artist named Kulla, C-U-L-L-A-H. Um, via okay via I voted and and chart metric. Um, he was one of the top. He's from Wisconsin, where I'm from, and is one of the top streaming artists there. And he releases it. Julia was impressed with this. Um, I haven't told him that yet. I don't even think he knows who Julia <laughs> is. But um, he releases an album a year on his birthday, and he's been doing so since he was 15, and he turns 30 next year, so he's working on his 15th Whoa. album. And I was just like, is this guy? back of Milwaukee or the color of everywhere else. So um, you asked about tracks. I really like his song Falling and Runaway and Comfort to You. But check out all this stuff. I I know the entire I Voted team has been really impressed, but also like that's been such a cool part of this project because the music discovery has been amazing because like uh, there's an artist also from Wisconsin named Boom Forest and um, they do just this gorgeous uh, Sonny and Cher cover, you know? So again, it's just so interesting to discover music based on what fans are listening to instead of just like, I don't know, trying to figure it out on your own. Yeah, absolutely. So my final question is, what is the best lesson that you've learned in your career so far? Um, it's kind of, my answer is a little bit more for like younger people, I would say. Uh, well, I'll answer this twofold. If, if you're trying to get into the business, it's to make yourself indispensable. That's really the Cliff's Notes version of interning 101. Um, that's what I did with the Dresden Dolls, not that I meant to. Although I was given that advice at my freshman orientation at university. I, I don't hear that advice often. Um, but when the Dresden Dolls signed with Madison House for management, I because mean, I would never say I was the third member of that band, but functioning with me was a lot easier than functioning without me. And also the manager yeah. they ended up going with, Mike Luba, is like, I mean, he's my mentor and he is not, he was not threatened by me. And I feel like a, maybe some other people would be. So long story short, um, the Dresden Dolls built into their management contract that they would pay a higher commission to Madison House if Madison House employed me. <laughs> my name was in the contract. So wow. that's the definition of making yourself indispensable. And then someone like Luba, like yeah. I said, is um, not only not threatened, he was like, sweet, she'll do a bunch of the work. <laughs> You know, Um, so it was a really good situation when I was younger because he again, he was always so righteous. We'd be like, you know, with fancy people at a festival and he'd be like, oh, this is the Dresden Dolls real manager. But in reality, like, yeah, I would do the bulk of it. But when I needed something, he was there. And, you know, that happens to this day. Um, And then for everyone else, um, just to stay balanced. Right. And and try to take take care of yourself because um, this stuff comes and goes. It's super fun, um, but it's important to you know, have balance with your friends and family and, and all that. Absolutely. Thanks so much for speaking to me today. It's been great. Thank you for having me. Uh, this was awesome. I really enjoyed it. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and leave a comment to let us know what you think. And I will see you next time on Backstage Pass.